Welcome to Doing Good Business, the podcast where personal and professional development meet. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach and talent acquisition consultant, and I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, training you to bring positive business practices into any company. Doing Good Business is the podcast that teaches you that doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. This is Laura Heacock. I am joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Kelly Stewart. And in continuing our February month of love, doing good business, spicing it up a little bit, theme of empathy, we are so excited to welcome the guest that we had told you about in our February 3rd episode. Her name is Annie Lim, and Annie is the CEO of Honeybee. So Annie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for joining us today. And can you give us an amazing introduction of who you are in the world? Absolutely. Well, first of all, Lara Kelly, thank you for having me. And uh, who am I in the world? Uh, you mentioned it briefly. <laughs> I'm um, <laughs> CEO and co-founder of a company called Honeybee. And um, and I guess I can dive a little bit into what we do and why financial wellness is so important to, to us. And and before I do that, I just want to mention kind of a few things about how, how Honeybee got to where it is today. Is you know, I want to talk about the fundamental problems that we're seeing in America today. So we saw over the last two decades, healthcare, housing, education has increased pretty drastically. And we saw about 52% of Americans are tapping into their retirement early. Employees are starting to ask for pay advances, cashing out their vacations, really just to make ends meet. And we're starting to see employers seeking new ways to provide financial wellness tools as a benefit to really complement their existing 401k plans. Because the truth is financial wellness is affecting employees' productivity, retention, absenteeism, and really all of these factors are, are negatively impacting the company's bottom line. So, so I can, the, the, the short way to say this is that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and they have less than $500 in savings for an emergency. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, it doesn't matter who you are. Emergencies happen to, to all of us. Um, right. In my recent attempt to reduce carbon footprint, I was in a minor scooter accident and I had to, and I'm going oh, no. to the ER to get surgical glue. It's okay. I'm good now. But, good, good. Okay. Uh, even, though, <laughs> even though I had insurance, it was still twelve hundred dollars out of pocket. Yeah. And and yep, so right. just to just to sum it up, I guess, is Honeybee is a certified benefit corporation and we really have a holistic approach to financial wellness and really enabling companies to make financial wellness tools more accessible to the entire workforce with a really simple, quick turnkey solution. Because I strongly believe that destigmatizing financial health support in the workplace is really crucial for productive and engaged work environment. And, and that's my short answer to your who am I in the world? And uh, I guess <laughs> and I it's guess a great answer. Uh, and so, so that's my who am I in the world is I'm extremely passionate about uh, financial wellness uh, for working Americans. And that comes through. Um, Annie, thank you for that. This is Kelly. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how much I love that you're talking about financial wellness, because we can call it a lot of different things. But I love the the positive focus of that. And then, of course, that made me think, and Honeybee, how did that come about as a name as someone who 
intentionally is focused on financial wellness. I suspect there might be a story behind Honeybee, but I don't know. So I thought I'd ask. <laughs> well, there's definitely a story. Uh, I'm really big on branding. And I think we're, talk- we're talking about a topic that is it's not easy to talk about. Um, talking about employees living paycheck to paycheck is extremely difficult. So I wanted to make sure that we can present ourselves in a really friendly manner to to the employers as well as to the employees. But really honeybee comes about because if you think of honeybee as an insect, they are so crucial in the on earth. They're, what they do is provide wellness, uh, wellness product to all of us. And, and right mm-hmm. now, especially with the environment, we have to protect them. And it's really yeah. the same way as I see working Americans, like 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And we should protect them by providing the right tools for them. So, Love and that, that tool is a financial wellness program. And so, and honey, honey and wellness. <laughs> I love love that. it. That's amazing. So, any the Thank reason you. that we, in, we invited you is because, you know, we, you were introduced to us by a guest who's actually going to be our podcast in March. So everybody stay mm-hmm. tuned. The world is a small, wonderful place. Um, but we knew we wanted to talk about empathy in February and, um, Lisa was kind enough to introduce us to you and just going to the, uh, about us page at meethoneybee.com. The first word is empathy. You link to a Forbes article that you wrote about the transformational power of economic empathy, which we'll link to in the show notes. So can you just tell me a little bit about, you know, as the CEO, as the co-founder, as a leader, as a woman, you know, how does empathy show up in your business world? How is empathy a part of doing good business for you and for Honeybee? Yeah, that's a great question. And first of all, I'm so thankful that Lisa introduced us. She's actually her her company that she works for is has our financial wellness program. And she's a perfect example of somebody that has empathy in the workplace by providing those mm. right tools to the employees. So extremely thankful that she introduced us. And really, empathy is the foundation of how this company started. So I went through a financial setback that I experienced about four years ago. After my divorce, my credit was negatively impacted, and I couldn't get access to any affordable credit. With a below average credit score, I really couldn't get approved for an apartment. And even if I did, I had to figure out how I was going to pay for that deposit. And you can imagine the cost of living in the Bay Area is extremely high and credit score these days are, are an ad, adult GPA, essentially. So wow. I started researching. Interesting. Yeah, so I started researching for loans and I, that I could apply for and, and really couldn't come up with any solution at the time. And that's really how I discovered the payday industry. Payday stores were charging almost 400% APR on a two-week loan. And I was shocked. I couldn't even believe this option existed and was legal. So mm-hmm. the only reasonable option I could do at that time was I had to, well, I had to number one, give up my dog. I had to move everything oh. into storage. Uh, it's okay. My dog is with my ex now. So, uh, okay. well, care of. so and I had to move um, back to Canada into my parents' house. And you can imagine um, at my age was a really humbling experience after, you know, you got married, divorced, and back into your old bedroom is, is definitely a humbling experience. But mm-hmm. it was also a really pivotal moment in my life because it helped me discover this fundamental problem that we're seeing here in the U.S. today. And I couldn't quite let that go because the payday industry affects the most vulnerable families in America. 
today and a payday loan will bring you into a really vicious debt cycle. So Mm -hmm. I reconnected with an old friend from university in Montreal. He worked in fintech. He is one of my co-founders today. And his family used to own restaurants. They had about 50 plus employees or so. And every time an employee was faced with an emergency, they would ask his dad for money. And once you start lending to one employee, you have to start doing it for everyone else. And collecting it back was an absolute nightmare. And it's also not their core business. And honestly, it's extremely awkward for an employer and the employee itself. So so we started talking to different employers to see if they were dealing with the same situation. And we realized it was happening all across different industries, nonprofit, food production, logistics, healthcare, retail, software, manufacturing, you name it. But no one really talked about it. So just going back on empathy, empathy was and still is the most important element in building our business today because we understood firsthand what it felt like not to have access. Yeah, I remember when you had shared that stat about the payday loan industry. And I think Kelly and I were both horrified, as as you just said, Mm -hmm. that it's legal. It's legal to charge 400% interest to the most financially vulnerable population. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's, extremely sad. It is one of the most powerful industries in the United States today. Mm-hmm. Legalized loan sharking, right? I think that's it. Yeah. And, but that's a whole different things. podcast. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is not so, doing good business. So let's not give that maritime, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll take that back yeah. to say when Laura and I spoke about empathy, you know, it's such a broad topic and I think it's important to define it in some ways, you know, so how do you think about it in terms of, you know, you've created this whole business around empathy. What does that mean at Honeybee? You know, how, how is that, you know, defined? I'll say it again. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Honeybee is really, it's an important core. We, our core values, one of them is, is empathy and authenticity. And it goes all the way back to when I do interviews is I don't put out a regular job description. I really make them go through uh, making sure that they can describe what it felt like to have a financial setback and overcome it. Because unless you've been through that situation, you mm-hmm. really can't empathize with the HR and the employer and their employees if, if you never really struggled. And so, right. so it goes back to the way I hire and train our whole sales training is really tied around empathy, asking the right questions. And because it's, it's difficult, you don't want to assume that the employers and their employees all live paycheck to paycheck. You, there is definitely a way to have that conversation. And, and a lot of it is through storytelling. I just told you my mm-hmm. story. And I make Mm -hmm. everyone on our team share their own personal story. We've had employees that had gone to a payday lender themselves. Uh, We've had employees that saw their parents struggle. They're younger, but they saw their parents struggle. And so those are all important factors when we talk about empathy. And so especially for us, financial setback is one of the, the, the main reasons that we're here and making sure that we can solve that problem. So so empathy and mm-hmm. authenticity is has always been our core value and will always be the way I, I lead the team and always be the way I lead our investors, the employers, mm-hmm. and the employees that really that really need the product. 
So, Annie, you had just said, you know, empathy and authenticity and how you lead the team. So my work is largely, you know, one-on-one with leaders. And, you know, it's a lot of the work that I encourage companies and leaders to do, you know, identify your values and then operationalize them. Because if they're just a sign on the wall, it's, you know, it's really kind of pointless. You might as well just not have them. So in your, you know, everyday life as a leader of a team, how do you exemplify those things? How do you make sure that you're embodying empathy and, and you're being authentic when you're with your people? I think the best way is to lead by example. And, and mm-hmm. I think I, I really led, well, we started this from nothing. Uh, we saw a problem that was happening in the U.S. And then we, we really thought of an innovative way to provide the solution. And it goes down to, yes, yeah, what we called our company was honeybees because we had to protect the employees. And so the best way we can do it is lead by example. I, I led the sales effort when we first started. I used to do cold calls in the bathroom um, mm, when we first started. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so now they're doing these cold calls in a very, you know, in the WeWork space, right? And so this is luxury. <laughs> and so really leading, <laughs> leading no by example. Running it. <laughs> leading by example is really important because it, it goes to show you know what some of the pushbacks are, and I think that is really the only way that we can demonstrate empathy within the workplace and making sure that every employee leads with with empathy also. I think one of the books that I always give out to every single hire is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And the only way sitting on a pile right next to me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I think I I make it a point to make sure you take that test uh, every year or and every you know six months so that you can improve on your self awareness and it's self awareness for not just what you're doing but for your peers. And so Mm -hmm. and one of the other books that I also give out is uh, What to Do with an Idea. It's a children's book. And that book really inspired me even before I started this. I had it on my uh, bookshelf. I used to sit on a board of a, for early childhood literacy. So I really love reading children's books because there's such a huge lesson taught in all of these books. And mm-hmm. so part of that book was, you know, what do you do with an idea? You have to nurture it. You have to be resilient. And what you can do is really change the world. So I really instill that in, in everybody that we have on our team today and, and watching the employees grow and become the best version of themselves is really rewarding mm-hmm. as a founder. Wonderful. Gorgeous. Can you give us, uh, this is Kelly, could you give us a brief overview, you know, just for our listeners on how Honeybee works? Because I have a follow-up question to that, but I think it's important for them just to understand how the service, you know, is um, initiated and just kind of run us through that roadmap. Absolutely. And so, um, so the best way to put it is, you know, we are essentially that holistic solution into financial wellness and making sure that we provide the right tools for the employer. It is an employer sponsored program. And the best way to compare it is, is I'll just take a second to compare medical health and, and financial health. You think about medical health. We as employers don't think twice about providing medical health for our employees. And when an employee has, has a cough, they're, they're not going to go over to your employer and ask for help. They expect you to have the resources because they've paid for medical health. You, you can go to a doctor and get better. And I really feel like we should treat financial health the exact same way. But what's happening mm-hmm. in the workplace is that, you know, when somebody, what's happening is that employees are going to their employers almost as a last resort. 
So you know that right. when they're coming to you asking for pay advances, to borrow against their 401k, asking for loans, they are, they're embarrassed. My, my mom used to have to do it because, you know, she was, as long as I can remember, our family has lived paycheck to paycheck and she would have to ask her employer for a loan and have to repay it back. And it's, it's one of those really embarrassing moments because you don't want to share that with your employer. And so right. it's already happening in the workplace. We're seeing, as I mentioned earlier, 52% of Americans are borrowing against their retirement. They're asking for pay advances. You're starting to see wage garnishments in, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why financial health shouldn't be one of the most important benefits that you provide to your employees. So what we yeah. do is we provide one-on-one financial counseling. And the reason one-on-one financial counseling is important is that everyone from different income range has different questions. So we all have different financial goals. And so the counselor can really explain to you what are the benefits of participating in the 401k and why you shouldn't borrow against your 401k, right. how much you should mm-hmm. put into your 401k. Questions that we all assume everybody knows, but the truth is nobody really. Nobody really knows. No, uh, I agree. And Financial <laughs> literacy is a key component. I'm really happy to hear that that's part of what you offer. Yeah, and that's really important because financial literacy has never been taught in school. I went to mm-hmm. a fairly um, you know, prominent school in, in Canada, and that was never taught to us. It's always expected right. that parents are supposed to teach it to you. But imagine the parents that are part of the 78% of Americans that are living paycheck to paycheck, have worked mm-hmm. two jobs, and how are they going to provide financial education to their kids? So, right. so I think that's, um, that's a much bigger problem. But, but I think like providing that service is extremely important. It's unlimited. They can call anyone at any time. They can choose the counselors, their background, and, and mm-hmm. speak to them at any time. It is really just the therapist. And so, right. And then, and then part of the how tools, is the repayment? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of the tools that we provide is early access to wages for, for part-time employees. We have emergency funds for full-time employees. And I should mention that all of this is available at no interest for the employees. We are mission aligned with the employees, making sure that they can have access anytime they want without having to worry about the interest. And we never let them borrow more than they can afford. So we follow the Pew Charitable Trust, which is a nonpartisan think tank in D.C. and CFPB's guideline when, where you shouldn't borrow more than 5 to 7% of your gross income so that you can properly repay back. So mm-hmm. we, we schedule the repayments. We follow the payroll schedule. We're completely outside of payroll. And the reason being is we want employers to be able to set it up instantly. And we take okay. care of everything. And it's repaid back over the course of three months. So it's all affordable repayments for the employees. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we get these phone calls for employees. We call our customer service line is available in English and in Spanish. And, and when our customer service calls the employee to tell them they fully repaid, there is such excitement in their voice mm-hmm. because you can tell right. that, you know, that's a huge deal for them. And they're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I, I repaid everything. That's amazing. Right. I'm, you know, so it is, you know, really changing that behavior because we're, they're so used to getting taken advantage of the high APRs, yeah. the high interest fees on top of fees on top of fees. It's, 
it's just crazy. And so our goal is to make sure we have those solutions for them. And the best way to put it is it's really almost an insurance on financial health. Hmm. Right. I, can, I hear that. Yeah. And I love the analogy that you made there about healthcare and you wouldn't go to your employer when you have a cold, right? So mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. And I appreciate the fact that you shared that with us and our listeners, because part of what we like to bring in, in, in the podcast is, you know, helping people make the business case for being more empathetic at work, right? And, and mm-hmm. having practices and policies that are centered around that. So with that explanation, then I think my next question is around then, how do your employers know this is working? You kind of alluded that in the beginning, you know, that there are mm-hmm. some bottom line factors, but if you could elaborate on them a little bit, what do they tell you that they know this is a strategy? Because I think people listening to the podcast would want to know that also, like, what are they measuring? What are they looking at to say, this is really successful? Yes, I, I think that's a, that's a great question. And that is what every employer wants to see. And I have to say that it is always difficult to measure that hard ROI. You don't get the hard mm-hmm. ROI from medical health, right? You pay over right. $470 per month to cover your employees. And then our programs are, you know, the price of a cup of coffee is like $4. And so it is the best way to put it is, but there's definitely impact and positive impact on the soft ROIs. And I mentioned it uh, a little bit about how HR is already dealing with 401k borrowing from their from their employees. They are seeing a decrease in 401k participation because employees don't understand the importance of participating in the 401k, or they don't have, or they feel like they don't have the money to participate in the 401k. And there are employers that are also dealing with calls from collection agencies because, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the employers had to resort to a payday lender. And as we know, those those fees just start to stack up and, and employees no longer having to ask for pay advances, which is huge. A decrease right. in wage garnishments, which all means, you know, less court orders and paperwork mm-hmm. for HR to deal with. And it is right. really HR that's dealing with it. So... A lot of times they're dealing with all their paperwork and and it is their time also. And then to think about the soft ROIs is there are countless studies that show financial stress does trickle into the workplace. It affects mm-hmm. productivity, mental health, physical health, absenteeism, engagement. And, and like I mentioned before, it all affects their bottom line. So I think there's a stat out there that says employers lose up to $250 billion per year due to employees' financial stress. And that all wow. goes back to, you know, retention also is really important, right? Training the employees, mm-hmm. retaining the employees. We've seen employees switch jobs because they went to another company that just paid an extra 40 cents more. So we come across yeah. a lot of that in, in the different industries that we work with. And so mm-hmm. imagine if you had just provided that access for them and you don't have to deal with it. and you know, they have access. So really comes down to those are the positive impacts that can create in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Kelly and I talk They're a lot about a trust and, and how important trust is, you know, for retention. And I can only imagine the impact that this has on, you know, an offering in my benefits package through Honeybee, you know, that's going to build some trust in my company, right? Like they trust me enough that they want to support me financially in a way that's actually meaningful. And 
And Annie, just thinking back to what you said a few minutes ago about, you know, people expect they don't teach this stuff in schools. They don't teach financial literacy. You expect parents to teach it. And, you know, what flashed in my head immediately was, well, of course, like, how do you break the cycle of poverty if you don't have parents who have a financial literacy background to teach children? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's perpetuating the cycle. So, you know, then we get adults that don't know how to do it, not not don't know how, but the only examples they ever Mm -hmm. saw due to the best of their parents' abilities was paycheck to paycheck or, you know payday loans or or things like that. And they get into the workforce and it's so much more likely to perpetuate without any sort of um, education or solution. And I think one of the things that I love about Honeybee is that you, you guys offer both, right? It's not just put money in a 401k, you know, it's only for the, the wealthy, you have to have a financial advisor, like, no, this is actually teaching you how to work with your money, how much you can borrow, building trust that you can um, pay it back and providing that empathy of a financial counselor. Right, exactly. And I think what one of our counselors also do is they share the benefit package that their employers offer. So if there's a solution in a benefit package that they should look into, uh, the employees do look into it. And so it's important because uh, employers always had a difficult time making sure that all employees know what packages and benefits that they have. So having mm-hmm. somebody on the phone that can walk you through it is, is amazing. Yeah, I love it. So your so Honeybee is actually offered as part of benefits package to employers. So what size of companies do you guys work with and and what's coming up in 2020 that you and and the company are excited about? Yeah, so we work with all sizes really. So anywhere from 50 employees up to 4000 employees. And the cool. goal is that so we can be that quick turnkey solution. There's no integration with payroll. And so if you think about integration with payroll, it is, it's really painful for HR to deal with also because it takes mm-hmm. a long time to implement. So one, one solution that we do provide is making sure that we can give them that quick solution immediately and they can be rolled out within the next day. And so what wow. I'm excited about. One day? <laughs> yeah. We can oh really, my God. Really roll That's it out crazy. In a day. How cool. <laughs> And so what we're excited about this year is we we initially started with uh, different industries, like especially in the nonprofit space and uh, manufacturing, looking at a lot of blue collar workers. But we're starting to see this shift towards millennials, right? Millennials are mm-hmm. starting to ask questions about their finances and 401k and, and all of that. I have a friend that has a media company here in LA. He wanted to offer benefits to his employees. So he asked them if they want free parking or do they want a 401k plan? And all of them pick, what do you think they pick? Like they probably pick free parking. Free parking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all yeah. pick parking. So it is, it is so important to provide this education for like that younger generation also. And, mm-hmm. and so we're starting to shift um, I think it's just in that industry also. We're starting to see more startups that are coming to us to provide that solution for their employees, kind of going back to financial health and medical health. And we should have, mm-hmm. we should really treat it the exact same way. And, and so we're, I'm really excited to explore new industries because it is really a solution that we can provide across various different industries. So I, I'm excited about that. Awesome. Well, you kind of answered excited. one of my yeah, it is super exciting. That's what you answered kind of one of my questions. And I think because I was going to ask you, you know, we focus, you know, typically we, all of us, I say with love, focus on what's broken or what's missing. And I've heard so many employers 
talk about how they're they I'm gonna have to cut back on benefits. Like it's a, mm-hmm. a edict, right? Like it's etched in stone. So I was gonna ask you, you know, kind of what have you seen that's working that inspires you? And I do want to ask you that, but I have to say in what you just said, that inspires me that we've got a new generation of startup companies that are thinking, yes, no, we do need these things, right? They are important and um they're not they're far from soft in terms of the overall success of the organization, right? Mm -hmm. So, but, um, you know, are you seeing other types of trends and things that are inspiring you? And since you've been doing this work and making great strides in bringing this program to so many companies? Absolutely. I think like, well, we think about what's broken. Student loans are now the second highest household liability after Mm -hmm. mortgages. I think it's the most common form of consumer debt that becomes delinquent also. And about 45 million of Americans are affected by student loan debt. So I think what's working is being in the fintech industry and seeing a lot of other founders is other fintech companies are providing solutions that are affordable for student loan repayments. And employers can now match the contributions to help them pay down student loan debt as a retention tool. So I think just being in this space, I've been able to see and witness a lot of amazing solutions that are coming through Mm -hmm. tech and innovation. And so what's broken, again, is unfortunately, well, I can go on and on about how how I feel about big banks and credit card companies, because (laughs) credit card companies make about $90 billion in fees, $65 billion in interest, banks make over $30 billion in overdraft fees. So it's extremely Mm -hmm. expensive to be poor because it's primarily affecting low-income minorities, too. So, mm-hmm. so what I would have to say is like there are more fintech solutions out there and using innovation to provide affordable solutions to the consumer, especially that millennial generation. So I'm excited to see see all of that being in this space and it's been really inspiring. That's great. And I think you're giving our audience a lot to think about that would help them as Laura says to challenge their assumptions on what's out there and then and hopefully empower them to make other choices that would bring more services like these to their employees. So this is great. Great, That's thank great. you. So Annie, we'll link to um, Honeybee's website in our show notes, your um, transform- transformational power of economic empathy article. Any other social places that you would like folks to find you? Uh, I think like we are, we're, we're on, we have a LinkedIn, we have Facebook, I think we have Instagram awesome. as well. What we do on Instagram is, it's not really the audience, but we do post a lot of these thank you notes on when employees, oh. you know, use our program. Oh. So they send over thank you notes to HR because they are really the leaders that have put this program in place. So you think about oh someone like God. Lisa who put it in place and now feels actually sees the positive impact and those messages are are really amazing and really heartwarming so to see them post that and so we repost it anonymously on on instagram that is so cool so if anybody needs a feel-good dose you know check out the show notes (laughs) to honeybee's instagram to see just people expressing gratitude from you know or to this company that really started started out of empathy Amazing. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Annie, so much for being with us. And we will um, give everybody all of the good information that you shared with us. And uh, can't wait to see what you guys are up to next. Thanks so much for being with us. Of course. Thank you so much. 
so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business, designed to bring out the best in you and your company. We welcome your reviews and ratings and would love to hear from you. Send your comments, suggestions, and questions through our online form at doinggoodbusiness.com. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Doing Good Business Podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting for all of your coaching and talent acquisition needs, and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you incorporate the social business paradigm into your company. Learn more about us and our respective services at the Doing Good Business website. Thanks again for listening, and remember to expect good things from everything you do.